Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. Welcome to another Mother Runner Radio. This is Sarah in Portland. This is Dimity on a crazy, crazy windy day in Denver. Oh my goodness. Did it affect your workout? <laughs> no, I actually, I went to the gym this morning. I did lunges. I talked about that in our Facebook post. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I mean, I, I, the first thing I thought was, thank God I'm not running this morning. I mean, it is like Kansas in Ozland out there right now. <laughs> like people lost power last. It was the presidential debate, the second one. So, you know, mm. you can tell really current. Um, but my sister was telling me that she lost power oh. um, in the middle of it because it was so windy. 40,000 houses. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, so we are, yeah, we lie. We're, we're recording this a little bit before it actually will air. But we want to capture our experience of the Twin Cities, our, our Twin Cities epic adventure. Because um, it was just so much, so much fun. And I just wanted us to talk about while it was still really f- fresh in our minds. Um, so I ran the, to refresh everybody's mind, uh, I ran the marathon. And Dimity, you, you crushed the 10 miler. You owned the marathon, Sarah. You didn't just oh. run it. You owned it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. High five. So we were, so it was really fun for me. So I ran and I had a good race, but, um, but we had, uh, we had, you know, we kind of have this posse of mother runners that, um, that have like come on some retreats with us and just been really kind and generous with us. And so, um, so I met them, five of them, and then, and then I used one of their husband's bikes. So there were the six of us. Um, and we jumped on bikes and went to mile 14 and I, I felt like we were in the Goonies. Like we were like, you know, on the sidewalk, off the sidewalk here and there. And of course I shouldn't admit this, but only one of us was wearing a helmet. And you noticed that when you saw <laughs> I did. I did. After I ran off, I'm like, wait a minute. They aren't wearing, they weren't wearing helmets. I hope they're holding them. Cause I'm like such a bike helmet, <laughs> um, you know, freak. <laughs> I know. And I, and I was like, you know, I was a little woozy from my race and I was like, you know, and we were going up and down off these curves, not, you know, not curt like there were ramps but I was like oh my gosh if I bite it I'm gonna be so unhappy you know so I was really being cautious but um but the thing was is, is the tracking um we were getting texts for you and then one of their husbands Tom was running that another one of their friends Shannon was running we were getting texts and I kept seeing your text and I was like oh no like you had uh your marathon half marathon time was according to the text was I want to say it was like 205 or something like that. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's not going to put her on pace for that 408 or below, which is what you really wanted. And my mm-hmm. heart kind of fell. And I was like, okay, but you know, she's still having a great day. And it turns out, you know, that they were about five minutes um, slow for whatever reason. They, they stopped at you at the starting line, didn't they? Yeah. So I had forgotten that until Tom reminded us that, that, uh, and I was, I, I, you know, wasn't completely tuned into what was happening, but yeah. So they, the announcer did say after the first crowd went off and they were like, no, stop, stop. No, I mean it. <laughs> stop, really. And so then I guess that did mess up. And I, I sort of sense that you had this look on your face of like, I could tell something was a little bit wrong. And then, and, and I forget when it was that you um, said something that I gave. I said it to the end when I came to pick you up. Oh yeah, that was it. Yeah. And you were like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, I totally made it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing is I was like, wow, she's really, cause I know how, how important times are to you. And I was like, wow, she's really chipper and excited for not getting what she wants. You know, like that's, 
that's uh, yeah it was a little it was a little weird but um but yeah no it was I mean we uh, you know I you know I know you had a great day running it and I have to say it's one of the they call it one of the most most the most beautiful urban marathon mm-hmm. um and I agree I mean it is so fun and if you hit the weather right which we did it was chilly but just a beautiful bright day mm-hmm. um it's just so fun to spectate, you know, like <laughs> check people out and cheer and the, and the, um, the road, the, the course is mostly on parkways, which, oh, um, that to me was just one of the many awesome things, but perhaps the most awesome thing. I mean, I just never felt like I was on a true road. I mean, even, even when it was a roadway that you and I had driven on before, they do have those huge parkways so that, that, you know, there's just, there's houses, but then there's a huge, um, you know, I don't know, 40, 50 foot strip of grassy space and trees in between. And then, so it just felt like being on paved nature trails. And <laughs> and then there were all those lakes and just, and the sun was so bright and the leaves were yellow and orange and there were a lot of brown leaves because it was such a dry year. But so in my mind, it, I, there's um, there's very few distinct images from the race, but it's like I was just running through this sparkly orange and yellow, in light infused tunnel. It was really, awesome. it was really awesome. cool. Yeah, it's not like you took a right and all of a sudden you're like, oh, and now I'm headed this way. You know, it's because you just kind of wind. You just wind through these parkways. Oh, the yeah. only the only complaint I have about the parkways, and you felt it acutely, um, and our pocketbook felt it acutely, was that you. It was really hard to tell where the photographers were going to oh. be, right? Oh, it was such a bummer. I mean, here, you know, here we give tips in our talk of, oh, how to great, get a great race day photos. And I'm like, yeah, I got this down. I got like, you know, I'm not going to raise my hands every time. Like I've learned my lesson in Boston. This is going to be awesome. I couldn't see a photographer at all. And then, uh, I don't know, it's just really, and then, you know, I'd prepaid for the pictures and, and you rightly said, oh, how do you know you'll get a good race photo? I'm like, Psh, I'll get an awesome race photo. Look at all the awesome ones I get from my other races. Um, no. That would be, I got three like crowd shots at the halfway point. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It so, was, yeah. I mean, you know, that if that's the biggest complaint, like that's nothing, but yeah. it was funny. My pictures, I, I shared one up on Facebook too. I mean, <laughs> they are, it's so funny. Cause one, so, so Joe, the one, the one of our friends put together these cute care packages for us, which we've got to talk about at some point. Um, but in the care package was it for these dollar, you know, throwaway gloves from Target, you know, cause she's like, Oh, you know, toss them after like mile two or three. Well, it was like 28 degrees and I was not tossing those beautiful pink and gray stylistic gloves anytime soon. And so the only, I got two pictures. One was me snotting into the gloves. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, but that, that photo is worth $44. That thing that I just love it. I was walking somewhere and I saw a glove display <laughs> I just started laughing thinking about that picture. It is just priceless. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, I, I you know, I screenshot it. I think that's all I need to, I don't think I need to pay for that. Yeah. And then the other one, it, like you said, we give this talk and the biggest complaint of every photographer who shoots the finish line is that as you go across the finish line, you look down to turn off your Garmin or your sports watch or whatever you have on, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've said that so many times that I know like I've got to be 10 feet away from the finish line. I'm walking and then I will turn it off. It is worth those, you know, 10 seconds to me. And, uh, and my picture is me turning off my watch. <laughs> like, Dude, a little slow on the uptake with the shutter there on the crossing of the finish line. So. They, they did do, uh, it was very cool. They have um, video of, uh, I, guess, I assume all the finishers and uh, fans who are, you know, our friends who are um, tracking us were able to see that online because my friend Joanne Godfrey here in Portland watched 
me finish online um, as it was happening. And so they send you, along with the still photos, they send that finish video. So it is pretty cool. I mean, and there I am, you know, coming up to the finish looking really strong, and I hear the announcer say my name. But then as I watch it for like the seventh time, I'm like, oh, look, there's a finish line photographer up on a ladder. That's where he was. I had specifically taken off my hat, you know, kind of rough, you know, given a little finger toss yeah, to my hair. Pretty. Yeah, so I didn't look like I had a helmet head or something. And there I'm like, well, why didn't he get me? I mean, it, it was not a real crowded finish. I mean, there were people around, but there was ample opportunity to zoom in on each person. So anyway, but I do feel we're probably... We're complaining too much about that because it was just a fantastic, fantastic marathon. And it's the same day as the Portland Marathon. And so a lot of people here in town were like, you flew 1,500 miles to go to a marathon the same day that there was one here in town. It was like, oh, it was so worth it. I mean, it's just, it is truly the most beautiful urban marathon in the U.S., without a doubt. Yeah, and not to mention the Twin Cities, little whoop whoop for the Twin Cities. They are, there is, it is a sea of mother runners there. Mm. I mean, you could not throw a stone without hitting a mother runner, which of <laughs> course was awesome for us just to meet everybody and hear the stories and, you know, that, and we had a good crowds at the expo. So, yeah, and so that was great. And also such great, such great crowd support at the, along the, you know, um, Joe and her posse had told us that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot of spectators. No, yeah, there were. There were, it was so awesome. People with bouncy houses in their front yard so, the, so that the adults could watch and the kids could be kept entertained and, you know, boom boxes and uh, people having drinks out front. It was just, it was fantastic. I just, it was really an awesome, awesome day. So. Sweet. And now um, we're going to do a total non sequitur and, um, and introduce our guests for today. So we're going to go from the Twin Cities Nirvana to skin and dermatologic care for athletes. So Dr. Jackson, when we originally invited you on the podcast, we knew you as a respected dermatologist and the founder of the Skin Wellness Center in Chicago. But then we quickly found out that you've done You've run 10 marathons, you've done eight triathlons, and you were the adoptive mother of three toddlers. So... Wow, your your plate is very full. Um, I mean, how has your training and racing changed since you've become a mom? Well, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Um, you know, certainly there is a level of mommy guilt when you're out there training, but the reality is is that in order for me to do the things that I do and um, try and do them well, I need some downtime for myself. I, you know, as I tell my patients as well, you have to treat yourself well in order to treat the rest of your life well. So I look at, um, my running and sort of my alone time really is that my alone time and my recharging time. That's great. I mean, and you, and you're also uh, like, well, first of all, how old are your kids, Dr. Jackson? So I've got twin girls that are five and then I have a three-year-old little boy. And, and so you, I, we read, too, that you're like a girls on the run coach, right? And you, you're sewing on patches for some campfire girl thing. I mean, well, seriously. No. So I was um, a girl. I was on the board of Girls on the Run. Um, and, you know, things come in and out of my life as I have time for them. And I'm trying to learn how to say no and certainly what has changed over the last few years. And as my children get older and they have more demands, I want to participate in their school things. So I'm a class mother for my three-year-old and for my five-year-old girls, I am a daisy troop leader. Um, so, um, you know, I, I sort of have to change the focus. And so I'm no longer involved with girls on the run, but that was fun when it lasted mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, things come and they go. Right. Right. 
I mean, you sound very much, I mean, with the exception of, you know, we don't have people who own their own skin wellness centers and are, you know, assistant professors at Northwestern University. I'm sure we do actually in our community. But I mean, I think what you talk about is so important that you've got to take care of yourself in order to take care of others. And you, regardless of whether you are a doctor or a stay-at-home mom or something in between, like you get to have that time for yourself. And that's, I mean... I love that, that you preach that even, you know, even though you're not in like the mental health field, you know, even, um, I just think that's really important because that's definitely like the backbone of what we preach at another mother runner as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think as a mother, there is no shortage of things that you will ever feel guilty about and that's never going <laughs> to stop. So, you know, at some point you just have to get it that, you know, so my personal philosophy, running my own business, having three small children, having a marriage, having a dog who was my first child who I feel chronically terribly guilty about (laughs) is that it's a lazy Susan. So every day I sort of spin the table and I just, I get that something on that spinning table is not going to go right. And I just have to approach all of it with, we'll just do the best we can. So whether that's a kid that I get had to go take home from school sick or a patient who is misbehaving or a vendor who didn't deliver something they were supposed to be delivered there, you know, I just roll with it. I have to just roll with it. I cannot get knocked down by all of the pins that are standing up because something is going to fall down and I just, I can't function that way. I love that. I love that. Well, so and, and before we start talking, and um, so you, we were talking briefly before you came on. So you were aiming for marathon number eleven, right? Yes. And what so you were, you were going to run in the Marine Corps, and you got something that Sarah's um, intimately familiar with. <laughs> Yeah, I got plantar fasciitis. And so, you know, let me qualify myself as a runner. I <laughs> I enjoy the scenery. And so I tell my fellow runners that I, you know, when I look at people who are sort of Boston qualifiers, and this is not at all to, to you know, disparage those people, but they're very special and there are very few of them. And so the reality is most of us are sort of back of the pack. We're having fun kind of people. And that is exactly who I am. I like to look at the grass when I go by. <laughs> and if you're running too fast, you will not appreciate it. And so, you know, I like to, you know, really have fun with it and I'll get through it, you know, just like, I tell, you know, I've been running, I've done 10 marathons. I used to train people on the South side of Chicago and people are so obsessed with time. And, you know, I think as you get older and the more races you do, and I always tell people real runners don't ask you about your time. They really don't. I mean, most runners are like, yay, you did it. Good for you. Congratulations. You finished the race. So for anybody who's like, well, what time did you do? You can sort of tell they're not real runners. And (laughs) And then they say, was that, Marathon in two hours or four hours right. or six hours, and, you know, and you're like, there's a big difference between those. Right. And then they say, invariably, well, how many miles was that? And then right. they know. Not really, <laughs> they're not real runners. Right. So you can tell them whatever time. You, they have no, no idea what to do with that information. And so, you know, most people who are runners are just like, you know, yay you. And I'll tell you, having run in Chicago now for 12 years, there are people who I know from the lakefront. I know their face. I still have no clue what they do, nor did they, nor do they know what I do. It's just, it's a different world. It's like when you are in your shorts and you smell like a runner, everybody is on the same playing field. It doesn't matter what you do when you leave there. You know, you could be a judge, who knows, but you know, we're running the same pace and we're catching up on whatever we watched last night on Real Housewives of whatever. Right, right. Awesome. 
Awesome. Well, we love we love your attitude, and we probably could just chat uh, continuously about this. But um, we got we got some questions about skin and issues like that. So um, so speaking of running marathons, the question of chafing um, comes up. You know, like so what's what's that all about? And and you know, I, I sort of wonder like why is it I can get a ton one day when I'm when I like do my 16 mile training run, yet the next weekend my skin is fine at the end of 18. Yeah. So there are a lot of reasons that people chafe and um, it really has to do with friction, rubbing, humidity, moisture, weather, all of these things can play a role in it. And so, you know, when I was coaching, I would always tell people never, you know, the rules are nothing new on marathon day. You know, all of your long runs are really to address rehearsals for the race, whatever distance that might be. And, um, so a couple of most common areas where women will chafe, certainly around the nipples. And so um, there's actually something called runner's nipple. Mm. And it looks just like a chapped lip. It's just a chapped nipple. Mm. And uh, so, Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works. Purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love. And each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. The person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a StoryWorth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted StoryWorth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit StoryWorth.com AMR when you subscribe. That's storyworth.com slash AMR. So putting Aquaphor or Body Glide on is a good thing, making sure your bra is appropriately tight. And so, you know, you don't want to be the bouncy gal out there. Um, making sure also wherever the straps rub you. Um, I am also a big fan of sort of the biker shorts as opposed to those little short shorts mm-hmm. because those bunch and, you know, wherever there's bunching or rubbing, that's where you're going to have a problem. When those running skirts or skorts first came out, I thought they were super cute, but I'm like, well, that little pandy thing doesn't look like it's going to stay where it's supposed to stay. And it was a while. I mean, I lubed myself up. I bought one super cute and I was pleasantly surprised. And actually when I ran New York marathon in 2010, all these people kept running by me going, your outfit is so cute. Uh-huh. And I'm like, it's a nice skirt. <laughs> nice, nice. We should have known that Dr. Jackson wore a skirt, don't you think, Dimity, from just her attitude from the get-go. So we, we, lo- we love running skirts, so we're glad that you uh, love them as well. Yeah, so cute. Yeah. So the other places where people may have issues are their toes. Mm. And, you know, so you want to make sure that you're wearing the Cool Max or dry fit fabric because it's going to wick the sweat away from you. I um, tend to be a little bit of a gripper when I run, and so I always have little issues with my toes. So I body glide or Vaseline my feet before I put my socks on, and that really helps with the friction as well. But so on a cold day, um, you probably won't get as much friction as you will on a hot, humid day where you're really sweaty. Mm-hmm. And so that's another issue that plays a role in it. But clothes are huge, making sure that you're not bungee. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's, let's, uh, so that's good. So we got Sarah's red angry thighs taken care of there. Um, and so let's talk about my big problem, which is acne at age 40. I mean, yeah. there, there's nothing right in the universe when I'm still dealing with zits at age 40. And, um, and I'm just wondering, like, you know, is it, is it because do athletes or people who sweat a lot, do we have, um, more 
a bigger chance of it or is that more common with us? No, you know, so as a dermatologist, I see, I'm downtown Chicago. Most of my patients are working adults. And so I don't have very, a lot of teenagers in my practice. And, you know, I tell people all the time, the average age of the acne patient in my practice is 40. Oh. So you are actually in very good company. And, you know, oh, I'm so always, <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's a silver lining to everything. I mean, I always try and put the positive spin on it. And the blessing of having acne when you are certain age is that a lot of the acne medications also do double, double duty. So they sort of do a little bit of anti-aging as well. Um, yes, if you tend to sweat a lot, you may have a little bit more probably back and chest acne. And so for that reason, after your workout or after your run, you want to make sure that you're getting those sweaty clothes off and taking a shower. But some of it is, you know, most of it is probably just hormonal and bad luck. And, you know, I think the reason people <laughs> feel bad is when you look at all these commercials and you look at the stuff in the drugstore, you don't see a 40-year-old anybody. You see a 15-year-old pimply boy, and because that's not you, you think these things are not for you. And I sort of yeah. wish that all these market advertising people would sort of get with the program that acne is not limited to the 18 and under set. And they would probably do a lot better with their sales if they would include the 30 and 40 somethings. Exactly. Because those are the who actually have jobs, who have money, who can actually buy the product. <laughs> <laughs> I'll step up to be the next model. I'm sure they really want a, a close up of my zits. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so taking off your sports bra is really important and, and getting in the shower, it sounds like are that's really important. Yeah. So, you know, once again, I mean, I, the novice runners will, are out there and they're so proud doing their little three miles, but they're in the cotton t-shirts and, so, you know, getting out of the cotton, getting back into the cool max dry fit fabrics, you know, the, the appropriate sports bra, getting those wet soaked clothes off of you as soon as possible and making sure that, you know, if you do need prescription medication, you go ahead and get it. But, you know, you, you definitely want to get that treated for several reasons. I mean, nobody wants to walk around with a face full of acne, but particularly if you have um, any kind of pigment to your skin, we're talking Asian, African-American, Hispanic, uh, any kind of acne or inflammatory process can cause dark marks. And so those actually end up being a lot more difficult to correct than just taking care of the acne. Hmm. And then um, sort of along the acne line a little bit, uh, we, um, I tweeted that we were going to be talking to a, to a dermatologist and a lot of people were asking about waterproof sunscreen and that, you know, kind of that plus sweat equals bad acne for some people or that yeah. it, you know, runs into, you know, no matter how much it says waterproof, it runs into their eyes. Um, yeah. are, do you have any recommendations for what ingredients to avoid in a sunscreen? Yeah, so, I mean, that, that's a great question, and thank you for asking that because I would be remiss in my dermatologic duties if I did not discuss sunscreen. Mm -hmm. um, so the FDA, starting December, the labeling requirements are changing. And mm -hmm. so it's a little bit confusing now because you see the old stuff and the new stuff on the shelves. But going forward, this is what you need to look for, and this is what you will no longer see. You will no longer see the word sunblock. You will no longer see um, anything allowed to be called a sunscreen that is greater than an SPF 50-5-0, nor will you see anything less than an SPF 15-1-5 that is going to be allowed to be called a sunscreen. Hmm. You will also no longer see the word sweat-proof or waterproof because neither one of those has ever been physically possible. 
I tell people all the time, if you put on your waterproof sunscreen and you jump in a pool, that oil slick is your sunscreen. (laughs) So it is no longer helping you. So you want to make sure, I mean, sort, sort of a down and dirty, just to make it simple, when you are doing your training, you want to bump it up a notch. So I would probably go for anywhere from an SPF 30 to 45 make sure you put on enough. So let's say you're going to be out there in a tank top, shorts, on a summer day running 10 miles. You want to make sure you put on two tablespoons or a shot glass, and most of us know what that looks like, (laughs) full of sunscreen, okay? That also needs to be reapplied every two hours because regardless of who makes it, how much you paid for it, where you got it, in an effort to protect you from the sun, it is going to break down in the sun. And so this is especially important in people who are doing triathlons or longer distance races. And for those, my friends, who are also velocity challenged that are not going to be three-hour marathoners, <laughs> be out there for a minute. Oh, uh, yeah. We enjoy the scenery. So, yeah. you know, I, I am a five-plus on a good day hour marathoner. So... I know that halfway through when the Kenyan is cashing his winning check, I still have (laughs) 10 miles to run. So I need to reapply my sunscreen. And so that means you either have somebody meet you on the course or you put something in your fanny pack and you got to put it back on. Mm. And getting back to your point about um, the burning. So my trick, and, you know, I have a lot of runners in my practice and they all whine about you know, not being able to put their sunscreen and there is no excuse that you come in here with and walk out of here with me saying, don't worry about sunscreen. That's never going to happen. And so we work with it. And so basically I tell them, put on a baseball hat, Mm -hmm. put on your sunglasses because people who work out outdoors are also at increased risk of cataract formation. So in the you know, everybody runs by the lake here. If you like to run by water, water reflects back into your eyes and you will increase your risk of cataracts. So make sure you got your sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but put your sunscreen on from your cheekbones down. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about your forehead because you have your hat on. Mm-hmm. And that way the sweat is not going to drip into your eyes and or the sunscreen is not going to drip into your eyes and burn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, that, and so, a follow-up to that, Dr. Jackson, is... Um, fabric. I mean, so, you know, a lot of people, a lot of fabrics, when you see them in the store, they got a little sticker on like, you know, SPF 50 or whatever. So, I mean, if I'm going out and I'm wearing like a long sleeve shirt, do I need to put sunscreen on my arm and back or is that okay? Yeah. I mean, I think if you've got like the hot, the tech fabric, um, the tightly woven. So, so even if something is better than nothing. Okay. So, Um, you know, when you see all these people on the lake front where I do anyway, I'm like, oh, that guy's a good looking guy. And of course he must've heard me. So he rips off his shirt you know, <laughs> and starts running. Um, but the problem is that even having a t-shirt, cotton t-shirt on is going to give you some protection. Something is better than nothing. So your tech fabric is probably going to give you about an SPF eight or a 10. Yes, there are tech fabrics that are, you know, SPF 30, 40, 50, but the reality is too, you're going to spend a lot of money for those things. And after so many washings, how much of sun protection do you really still have in there? Mm-hmm. And sure. so, you know, I would probably not spend the extra money on a shirt that gives you an SPF 85, knowing that two years from now, will you still want to wear that shirt? Are you really in it? You know, so you're probably getting some false sense of security with this. Mm-hmm. You're better off getting in the habit on your exposed skin, put the sunscreen on and making sure that you reapply. And so do you need to put it on under your shirt? No, but, you know, again, for runners, 
I, I personally love the sunscreens that are sprays because mm-hmm. if you are out there by yourself, you can get those things on. Again, when I was coaching and also when I was single and as a sidebar, I met my husband through running. Nice. <laughs> we are Fleet Feet couple number eight. Um, but, you know, I always tell people you, you never know when you introduce yourself and offer to apply somebody's sunscreen where that might lead. <laughs> so, <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Wearing some sunscreen, putting on the spray, that's actually a quick and easy way. And it, you can get in the middle of your back. You can get behind your legs. You can get those places where you probably would sort of forget to put the cream on. And then a lot of people like yourself who are acne prone, you don't want that thick stuff on you when you're running. I mean, sure. what you would use for training or running is very different from what you would use when you are, you know, in the middle of fall, just getting up in the morning and going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I'm actually going to start training for an Ironman pretty soon, which means I'm going to be doing some double workouts um, and I'm going to be in the pool a lot. So I have two questions for you. One is how often do I have to shower? Like if I am doing two workouts a day, the idea, I live in Colorado, it's so dry. I mean, I feel like I get out of the shower and like my skin immediately cracks. So like for me to shower twice a day feels like a lot. And then, and then the chlorine, I mean, holy cow, I, that just, I just feel like I look like, you know, one of those like desert landscapes where everything is all cracked at the end, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And and things also change very seasonally. I mean, the first thing that came to my head when you said that is depending on if you work with other people, they would appreciate your shower. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Yeah, we, we work at yeah. home alone. So um, definitely <laughs> days go by without either one of us showering. So. Okay. You have to do what's socially acceptable. But um, so when it is winter, and, and so in Chicago and a lot of areas in the country, you have very different seasons. And I tell people that just as you change your wardrobe, you need to change your products. And so when you go looking for your sweaters, your kind of cozier clothes, you need to heavy things up. So heavier cream, heavier lotion. When you put that stuff away in the spring and the summer and you lighten things up, bring out your shorts or whatever, then you lighten things up. And so that also means... In the wintertime, people are cold, you turn on the hot water, you stay in the shower longer, but you really don't want to do that. So try and avoid the steam on the mirror, avoid soaps or body cleansers that have a lot of fragrance because those can also be very drying and very irritating. Um, One of my favorites for showering is Eucerin Calming Body Wash because it actually has oil in it and so you're sort of moisturizing and cleansing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, keep it five or ten minutes. Then again, wintertime, get a jar, something that you actually have to scoop out because that is going to trap the moisture next to you. In the spring and summer, pump and pour is better. So creamier, thicker, better always. For you, if you're going to be in the pool, um, chlorine is horrendous for your skin. And so, you know, if you have to choose when you're going to shower for the day, I would definitely shower after you come out of the pool. And you want to get that chlorine off of you because you will start to itch. And then you probably want to moisturize. It is okay to moisturize more than one time a day. You don't have to shower before you moisturize again. And so, you know, it's not a bad thing to put on another layer of moisturizer before you go to bed. Make sure that your, your home or wherever you're sleeping is well humidified. So, you know, in newer construction, the humidifier is usually on the furnace. Older construction, you know, the, the, the heater, whatever, just put a pot of water in the corner of the room. And that's also kind of a cool test to see how dry your environment is to see how quickly that water goes away. Put some plants in your bedroom. Plants always bring moisture and humidity. But, uh-huh. you know, 
So you want to shorten and shower, make sure that you have a lot of moisture, avoid scratchy fabrics next to you. So don't put that wool sweater right on top of your skin. Use a silk layer or a cotton layer underneath and then put the, the heavier fabrics on and also make sure that you keep your level of hydration, you know, which is probably not a, an issue for people who are athletes, but most people tend to be slightly dehydrated during the winter because they're just not feeling thirsty as they do during the summertime. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't have to be water. You know, you can drink it. Liquid is liquid. I mean, as long as it's not vodka, but liquid is liquid. <laughs> so, you know, keeping water, tea, flavored water, bubbly water, whatever you like, just keep the you know, make sure that you're peeing because that means you need to and you're, you're well hydrated. Awesome. You're just a font of, of I, I mean, know. I just feel like if I, if I was taking like a, a quiz, I would have like a thousand things. Remember, this is awesome. You have been fantastic, Dr. Jackson. And I'm afraid, oh, we, I'm afraid we've run out of time, but it's been a real pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much. Oh, anytime. Oh my gosh. She was amazing. I got to say that lazy Susan, I think that that's my new kind of visualization for my life. I'm going to spin it. Something's going to fall off every day and that's going to be okay with me. Oh, I knew that. I So funny because sometimes I'll take notes during the podcast. I'm like, oh, lazy Susan, that's really good. <laughs> Julia, the only, only bit of advice of hers I didn't like was that to keep a plant in my bedroom. I, I almost interrupted her and said, you mean I've got to keep something else alive? Like, <laughs> no not gonna happen <laughs> i'd have to say and in living in portland you could put a pot of water in your corner of your bedroom and a month later it would still be there <laughs> where is it in denver it'd be like evaporated in like an hour um, oh, seriously. Seriously. <laughs> oh goodness so that was a lot of fun so thanks for listening in and we hope to see you on facebook we're at run like a mother the book our website is anothermotherrunner.com We are on Twitter. I'm at SBS on the run and she's at Dimity on the run. And if you like our podcasts, please uh, consider buying one of our books. They're on Amazon, Run Like a Mother and Train Like a Mother. Thanks so much. Many happy miles. Mm